Hi everyone, it's Justin Dawson. It's Sunday the 19th of March 2023. Here is episode 72 of the All Things Techie podcast, where it was recorded on March the 17th, St. Patrick's Day, where I caught up with Ron Epstein, Senior Director of Higher Education and Marketing Communications at Epifan. We talked to Ron about uh, his life in audiovisual, his life with Epifan and had a pint of Guinness at the end of it. Enjoy episode 72 of the All Things Techie podcast. It starts now. Here's the show that loves to talk about gadgets and gizmos, from A-Logic to Yamaha. Cameras to control panels. You get what I mean. We love talking all things techie. In fact, that's the name of the show. And here is your host, Justin Dawson. Well, it's the All Things Techie podcast. We have one very special episode here. It's St. Patrick's Day. I put on the headphones. I turned off my headphone uh, volume to make sure that there's no sound coming out in the distance because in my local uh, region, the parade is going on in the background. I could hear like tractors beeping their horns. Yeah, I'm, I'm saying tractors. I do live in the Dublin countryside, the North Dublin countryside. But... Uh, I was able to steal a very important person from Epifan to join me on St. Patrick's Day. He's wearing a green strap for his watch and everything, just for the day that's in it on, with his Fitbit. Ron Epstein, thank you so much for joining us on All Things Techie. Um, hey, <laughs> please, please, let's start off. Where did the, the world of audiovisual begin for you, Ron? Jeez, that's... Uh... It's weird. It's a loaded question because it actually, it began a long time ago. Um, back in 2006, um, I started working for Sony Electronics. So uh, it, it's funny, a lot of people kind of know me from my previous, you know, role, but um, I've been in this industry so 17 years. So oh, where does those years go? Like we, we both no, that, that's the thing is, I'm like, like 17 years i just i felt like i started working just a couple years ago but yeah no i uh i started at sony electronics back in 2006 on the professional side so not like consumer tvs or anything but um pro displays and uh even just media storage um and then starting to do some work in the verticals government and education and then finally ended up uh, working in cinema, which was like one of the most fun jobs ever. You get, you know, you get paid to go to movie premieres and and stuff like that. But okay, like, come on, let's let's name drop. What have you been to? Uh, I remember I was at the the Girl with the Dragon Tattoo remake. Nice. Um, I did a whole bunch of marketing for the restoration of Taxi Driver, the 4K restoration, because I worked on the uh, the 4K side. So the projectors at Sony, um, it was the first like commercialized 4K product. So we, you know, depending on what your perspective on movie theaters and film versus digital is, um, was part of kind of that switch over from film projection to digital 4k projection so that was around 2009 2010 and then so complete um deployment of of 4k at regal and amc cinemas that's the the big cinemas in the u.s uh so that was it was an awesome time uh you know that that's the scourge of 3d at the time too where 
you know, all the movies were coming out in 3D. And... Yeah, and yeah, like 3D goggles was going to be the yep. next set thing. Um, oh, yeah. At, between that and at that time, it was also the bendable curved screens. Remember, remember that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that sort of died to death very quickly. Yeah, you know, I, I remember being at, um, I'm trying to think, it was like Infocoms and NABs where I saw these gigantic, like, you know, a 60 inch at that time, gigantic 60 inch TV, you know, TV monitor, whatever you call it, um, with that curve. And I looked at it and I'm like, there's, I never liked it because, oh, I never, I liked sit, it. you know, I sit like seven feet away from it. And it's like, what's the value of a curve unless you're, like face into it so i get it for gaming monitors i guess but uh yeah it, it, there were a lot of fads at the time it, it was funny because you know you think about the whole tv and display business at that point before it really became a commodity they came had to come up with all these different ways to sell you something new so they would tweak everything and what if we did this and you started seeing some kind of ridiculous, uh, ridiculous inventions at the time. Yeah, well, like that's it. Like I, I, I go on on record. I've said it on a lot of podcasts. I don't get Fior. I don't get the whole idea of wearing goggles. Um, even the metaverse, Joe Way. I know you're listening because I have run <laughs> on. The metaverse is dead. I've said it right. The metaverse is dead, and I, I, Ron, is the metaverse dead? I've talked to Joe about the metaverse uh, long before it died, and uh, and yes, before it's died, it's dead. It's dead. Listen, it's funny because you know you bring up VR, and VR is like it's funny because um, my kids they want I have a PlayStation Five, so they they want the the VR two that came out, and I went over to a buddy's house to play it recently, and I actually got I was. I was like motion sick from it. I really like I was we were playing I was playing Gran Turismo racing game and I'm just you know I'm like looking around while I'm driving and then I look out the side of the window and I'm like wow this is too much and I don't know what it is about VR but it's so hard for me to like it's so hard for me to just get into it but you know what the kids love it the kids there's a game called job simulator which is hilarious like it's it like a job simulator which you know for us is called a job um <laughs> you know they're they're reaching they're like they're working in a convenience store and they're reaching they're grabbing like ketchup and mustard and all they're doing is just squeezing it on things and it's the greatest thing in the world for them they it's hilarious kids can you do the same in our kitchens at home can you can you make daddy I, I mean i wish they had you know kitchen cleaner for, yeah. VR for the you know and house cleaner and stuff like that so the kids would uh start developing well, well, I, those guess, I guess vr is still there for gaming but i think if we look at the higher ed vertical and trying like you know i've seen simulations where they've asked to do this in our clinical education center and clinical skills labs and i'm like no xor you know and those type of things that you know even igloo that's great like you know you're bringing it into an immersive 360 environment but i think it's like that when you start wearing goggles and then immediately you take it off your complete and utter motion sickness yeah. and, and the dangers of flipping over someone as well i think that's that's another thing as well yeah no th thankfully we haven't experienced that uh at friends houses yet <laughs> but so 
before even before you joined Sony, like mm-hmm. what was your what was your degree in? What 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 did you study in college? Uh, I uh, I have a degree in marketing, and then I uh, I got a an MBA in marketing as well. Um, I was I was always I loved the idea of I, I'm trying to think of, like advertising and understanding need and meeting need and how you talk to people in order to get them to understand your message like it's weird like you know some kids they they you know they see something and they're like that's what I want to be and for me I loved marketing I loved like the psychology of it and everything and uh you know at just a young age I felt like I felt like it was what I was going to do and then you get to college and then you're like wow all this stuff that I thought marketing was that's not what they're teaching us in school they're teaching me finance and they're teaching me all these other things and uh and calculus and just I'm like I really want to just get to the marketing but you know I as I tell my kids all the time I'm like you don't have you don't get to choose your own way all the time and you've got to learn other things because maybe you can adapt it or maybe just the idea of having to do something that you don't want to do makes you more allows you to cope more with life's challenges in your career yeah absolutely so from sony was it from Sony to Crestron at that no, time? No, it wasn't. No, there's I, a couple uh, of things in between. No, I, I I stopped over at Sharp Electronics for about two and a half years. And uh, so my job at Sony was um, was very much on the marketing side. And then when I went over to, uh, to Sharp, I started dipping my toe into comms and, um, and social media. And this, I don't know, this is like around 2012, 2013. And because I think for me, the more important thing was, you know, I don't want to take what I was doing at Sony and just do that again. I want to develop some other skills where I can take that experience from Sony and apply it to something new. And so that's kind of where the PR and 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 social media, the communication side of marketing kind of came in for me. And um, and I was there for about two, two and a half years. You know, it's really tough. I know so I know Sharp is in much better state right now, but the hardest thing in the world is to do comms and PR for a company that is having troubles. Like it's every conversation everybody wants to have is about hey are you guys gonna make it are you is it you know like what type of like it's never a positive conversation of oh tell me about that great solution you've developed tell me about this application it's always like hey tell me the dirt and it's like no like it so it's hard it's hard to have that type of role when there was so much uh there was so much flux at that time you know what i was i was just talking about that type of negativity that would it could actually happen in the next couple of months and well i i'll even go as far as saying it could even happen as early as infocom this year you know you're looking at financial crashes with you know my major tech companies meta losing a thousand 
a thousand, a couple of thousand staff. Was it ten thousand staff globally? And yep. only lately, you're talking about all the tech firms losing staff. You're talking about technology banks, yeah, going out of business. Is this going to affect the AV industry? Do you think? Do I think it's going to? I mean, everything has a ripple effect, right? Yeah. It's so like, what's the direct? Ultimately, if you look at it this way, is that these these gigantic tech firms so if we're talking meta and google and amazon and you know the banks as well you know these are these are all places that buy technology they buy av technology for their offices they you know they are refresh cycles and everything and so the issue is is that if they're having a financial crisis they have to cut down spending and, and less innovation. Spending. I, I think I think less innovations. You know, we might be seeing seeing a lot of this. Like we have the difficulty that we're still coming out of the uh, the covert uh, and supply chain issues. To maybe this is going to slow things down. People aren't going to spend the money on the innovation the departments, or it's either going to be that or the after sales. So like, I guess the way I look at it, I, and listen, you're, you're talking to, you're talking to somebody who's, you know, whose job is to hype up things. So I'm, I may not be, I may not be the right source on any of this, but I believe innovation. Well, then, well, then you could say it about your competitors. <laughs> <laughs> but like, listen, I, I would say like innovation wins out, right? Yeah, like absolutely. if you, if you're doing something great, if you're moving things forward, People in the market respond. So to me, I think, you know, I don't see any reason, you know, to to be afraid of this. I think I think more now than ever, you know, you've got to be able to to have the relationships with your customers. I, I think I think the times of just selling and walking away are kind of they're kind of past. I think you've got to spend a little bit more time understanding your customer. You've got and and helping them design the right solution. Um, you know, I've been in many, you know, enterprise level companies and universities, and they've just got back rooms full of boxes and everything that they'll never touch. Mm -hmm. And you know, I think that's the level that you might be seeing a little bit of of shift in is instead of having all these you know, these extra spare units they're tightening up what they're actually purchasing because they actually are just going to buy what they need so like is that a bad thing i don't necessarily think so i think i think that's yeah. the, that's what we've been missing you know like from the amount of trade shows i've gone to okay i haven't gone to as many as you guys okay but like I, I think my first ISC felt like back in Amsterdam, it felt like we're going to show you these products on our booth to yeah. people now at ISC going, oh, who are you? Where are you from? Okay, yeah. you work in higher ed. Okay, so this is what I'm going to show you that we might think is a solution or hear about something, some problems you are facing with your university. But that has only happened. And I think, I think, like most of the one, like even if we talk about higher ed AV would agree with me and, and Hetma being massive now as a influencer over in America, mm -hmm. that now the higher ed vertical is being listened to of going, okay, now, you know, we understand that. And 
also the big effect COVID has had on people listening to go, there's a big vertical over there that needs support <laughs> <laughs> with hybrid learning, with yep. online learning, with face-to-face learning. That was for a long time forgotten about, I feel. It's it's funny because having done so much work in the higher ed vertical over my career, um, it's actually it's I'd say it's probably my favorite out of out of all of them. Like, and I don't know if that's saying much, but like I think there's a rationale for it. Mm. Um, higher ed is pretty much enterprise. It's athletics. It's medical it's every single vertical rolled into one and you know That's for a really nice way of putting it i'm right, going to use but... that a quote of the quote of the week you know okay. that's, 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 a, that's a really nice way of putting it but, but it's true it is true so like you know i so you know i last week i uh, i actually visited bc at uh, at vanderbilt and uh we went to middle tennessee state university um who is one of our biggest customers. They've got, I think, 400 plus Pearl units, um, all classroom capture, um, and they're doing some amazing stuff. And you go you go walk around a college campus and it's lively. There's young people, there's people learning, there's sports, there's socialization and everything. And then you see just how diverse the schools within the universities and colleges are school of business, um, art, um, you know, like architectural and design MTSU has a, has a building called the concrete building. And it's like, literally it's a building that they, they work on like architectural type of skills and everything, but like, from like the concrete perspective and everything. So like you sit there and you walk through and you know, it's been trying to think it's been over 20 years for me uh, since I was last in school. And I don't remember any of this. I remember going into a classroom that looked like a high school classroom that didn't have a display. It was maybe just an overhead projector and that was it. And listening to someone talk or going into a lecture hall and then listening to somebody talk. And I see how innovation in higher ed has just made everything possible. And I'm not just talking about from the classroom. Um, You know, what's really cool, and we could talk about it a little bit more in depth later, is um, one thing that I've been doing a lot of work on is how our partners and customers are moving video forward on campus. And so we're putting together this event uh, for next month, uh, depending on when this comes out, uh, April 12th, um, where we're taking uh, Mr. Way and his new uh, his new digital creative lab and how he's got esports and podcasting and oh, TikTok. I'm so looking. I, I've seen a couple of things behind the scenes. I'm yeah. really looking forward. To and it, I, I remember talking to Joe about it. Must be like a year ago at this point, maybe even more than that. And what his vision was. And I sat there and I'm like, man, like school is so different now because 
when I was young, an esports, a podcast, a TikTok, like the like there are careers in all of this. And the the technology is enabling students to be able to do different things. Um, you know, in addition, you know, we've got an athletics part as well, athletics and events, the University of Oregon. MTSU and their uh, their classroom capture and Vanderbilt with their one touch studios and the one because that's the thing that fascinates me is how we use video on campus and you know AV is how we do it and it just it it just it creates a completely different experience for everybody you know but like the one thing I find you know like I. I always think we have to link in with the educational te te technologists or the learning technologists. And sometimes you have to think of like the, the whole educational pedagogy. Mm -hmm. I, you know what? Goes over my head. I'll admit it on, uh, live on the podcast. Sometimes <laughs> all these terminologies go over my head. It's like, you want to talk tech with me? I'll talk tech with you. But when you go down to the educational, ped there's so many different pedagogies of, you know, of, of learning. That oh, yeah. You know, it's like, you know, you explain to me as a, a lecturer what you want to do, and I can come out with a solution. Same, similar to you, Ron. But like, when you try and type, even even when last week I was with my colleague trying to type up a grant form, I was like, explain the pedagogy of blah 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 of how you're going to use this audiovisual equipment in the room. I was like, huh? <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, it, you know, what's so funny is, is that, um. There, I think things got needlessly complex in higher education for a little bit. Um, you know where I've seen a little bit of change, and maybe you can tell me. I, I you know, I'll interview you for a little bit. <laughs> so the the big thing that I've been hearing and noticing is um, the I don't want to call it the death of active learning, but the shift of active learning, and I feel like. To me, I, I'm like this is this is a COVID, you know, this is a, a COVID thing that that you know back in 2016, 17, 18, rooms are now designed with wheels on every chair, wheels on every desk, screens everywhere, yeah. and no lectern, no lectern. The the professor stands somewhere. Mm -hmm. and just talks and then students are sharing information from screen to screen and everything and COVID happened and now you got to six feet away from each other and everything and then it's just it's kind of back to like no just professor in front lectern is back and they teach you and it's so are you seeing that type of shift yeah yeah but also I think well I think I'm seeing the shift of going we did everything online. Now we're back on campus yeah. because back on campus makes money for the restaurants, makes money for, you know, we have these big campuses. We need to, you know, pay rent. And so, but as I've spoken, even with Joe is in Ireland, we have a housing crisis. We have mm -hmm. a student accommodation crisis. So I think this is going to be the push back to going, we still need to do hybrid. Right. For undergraduates, yes, it's a great student experience of being able to be on campus and experience the college life. For people that's doing a master's, they're 
more than likely going to have a job or have a family at this age in their in their life and they're mature students so you have to offer that flexibility of going you know what no i don't want to be on campus but it takes the stakeholder takes the end user takes the teacher and management to understand that we have to offer it this way and the teacher to go and be experienced enough to be able to go i'm talking to the classroom but i have to also remember there's 200 students maybe on an online platform that i or even if there's not 200 100 even that we still have to try and make them feel welcome to throughout my tuition oh yeah and it's how we do that and like personally if i had the magic wand and be able to strip out a lot of lecture theaters and classrooms i think it's what you described that it has to be the ability of going there's several screens in the room the wheel there's chairs with wheels we can move it around. We can make it an active learning environment compared to the tiered approach of a of a lecture theatre. Oh yeah, have this ability. But then, yeah. I you know, it depends what university you work in that whether they want to have this technological approach, and then management changes, people change, and well, depends, and things go backwards again. You know, and listen, not for nothing, stuff it costs money. You know, it costs money. time, yeah. money, and you know, and and depending on where budgets are, um, or what technology you've been waiting for for a while at this point, like it's it's rough. You guys, I listen. I think that you guys have it super rough because you had to you had to keep the schools running during COVID. Mm-hmm. You had to make sure that technology was in place. You had to move really quickly to do it. And so expectations have completely shifted. And, you know, it's funny because the thing that I think about in terms of higher ed um, is there's that, you know, the the saying butts and seats. And I think that's that's what's needed is you need to you need to create the draw for students to want to come to class. Um you know, but the thing is, you also need to have the ability for students to be able to remotely learn because we we're doing everything different. You know, I, I assume you're at home right now doing this podcast. Yeah, I, I'm I'm at home doing this podcast. I think when I'm done with this podcast, I'm going to be working, and I I'm working from home, and so I found a way to be productive without having to go into an office, and I think. I think there's that aspect of students are able to learn without having to necessarily go into the classroom. But I would also say is there's definitely the element of, you know, socialization and and there's a different experience being in the classroom versus just strictly online learning. Oh, of course. But like we can take it a step further. And I always bring it to the fact that it costs a lot of money to get a guest lecturer or a guest professor. Yes. But like, let's take, for example, America over to Ireland. You know, you if you want to be a carbon neutral type of country that yeah. is, and or university that's not spending money and fuel and, you know, why, like, yes, it, it's nice to have the ability to travel. Like I'm, I'm involved in a lot of uh, Erasmus Plus projects across Europe and 
it's great. I get to see other countries. I get to see other universities and so forth through it. However, you know, for if you're talking about a lecturer that just needs to give maybe an hour a week lecture, this is why we need the type of hybrid classrooms to, to bring people into. Um, and be between that and the emergency situations of, you know, it should COVID happen again? Should there be another pandemic? Or even last week, like, this is the crazy thing. And I, <laughs> you know, America, you can deal with it. You've had snow. And you just go, yeah, we continue. We get a couple of flakes of snow and Ireland just comes to a standstill. You know, it's like, oh, my God, shall we close the schools? Status yellow warnings, you know. Yeah. I wouldn't just say that's America. That's certain, you know, I listen, I live in New Jersey. We we deal with snow all the time. There's states, listen, it rains in California sometimes and it's a state of emergency. Uh, <laughs> it's, so like, it's, it's funny seeing, yeah, no, absolutely. And, uh, you know, it's funny because, because I know that um, I'm going to talk about my time at Crestron, um, you know, and you know, since we've brought him up so many times, and I'm sure he's, uh, I'm sure he's feeling that the sensation or something. You know, when I first met Joe um, back in I think 2018, um, I did a case study, video case study with him, and um, you know, I sat and I asked him a lot of questions, and I try to not do the fluff questions because. I who cares about those answers? We want to we want to get something good, you know. We want to we want to dive deep, and so, you know, I said to him, I'm like, seriously, this is a huge investment. the The whole digital transformation of USC's campus, you're spending a lot of money, and you're doing a lot of stuff. Like, why are you doing that? And you know, we were doing the video shoot after COVID, or you know, at some point during it. But he said, you know what? I live in California, there's earthquakes here. Mm. There's natural disasters here. Mm. And the thing is, is that, you know, we had to be prepared for anything. And so the thing is that it made it made them look like a genius because, hey, they were prepared for everything and COVID hits and, oh, boom, we're, we're able to do all this stuff. But the fact is, is that campuses need to be prepared for anything and a lot of schools um weren't and i think that i think that's what separated uh some schools from others oh, and absolutely. I, like and I don't even need to name where i've worked but like yeah yeah like you know like when i when i moved from one university to the other it's like that that was one of the key things it's like they were not moving with the times yeah yeah and so it's just it's funny to just see uh you know, it, it, some people, it seemed like they had premonitions of it, but you know what, at the end of the day, you have no idea what's going to happen. Um, and so being prepared and also, you know, making sure the students, um, also known as customers, and I think that's a big thing that, you know, the higher ed vertical looks at is that they, you know, technical directors, the technology people, you know, the staff, the faculty is their customers. The students are their customers. You've got to create a seamless experience for all of them to be able to do what they need to do, which is teach and learn. Mm -hmm. And I think that, I think that's where you guys kind of just started noticing like, man, we got to, 
we got to update this stuff. We got to do all this stuff. We got to bring in um, all this technology. We've got to, you know, and, and I know you mentioned before about kind of, you know, the remote aspect of it is you can bring in guest lecturers from anywhere. Um, if somebody is sick or somebody's a student athlete and they're traveling, you know, you give them the ability through things like classroom capture and online learning, you give them the ability uh, to have the classroom extend beyond the walls, beyond the room. The The world is your classroom, basically, you know? Yeah. And that's, that's a key point. Now, you you, you touched on us. We, did, we didn't even introduce that stage. You've gone from, you, we've gone from uh, sharp to mm -hmm. we... There's some things happened in the middle and then you ended up with Crestron for many years. Sure. Um, so I, uh, it's funny because I had known of Crestron because I think I went to a swirl party while I was at Sharp. Okay. And, uh, and so I just remember, um, I'm like, yeah, I know Crestron, but like, it's funny, like in my, like in my mind, couldn't exactly explain to anybody what they did. And so they had the need for uh, for a person to run PR and comms. And I went in and I met with them. And it was such it was just such an interesting conversation. We really didn't talk about the job. We just talked about technology, almost like what we're doing right now. So it wasn't this like this Q&A, how would you handle this? It was just just getting a feel for the personality and everything. And uh, and so when I came on to Crestron, I think that was 2016, um, there was so much innovation coming through, like literally day one um, over, you know, and within the next year or two, we launched NVX, so AV over IP. We launched... Flex. It so was a whole, busy time. Like it was 2016, a, 2017, you're talking about a lot of 4K, you're talking about Dante, you're talking about, yeah. It, it was and, and, and by the way, I also covered residential too. So like I, I, the entire business of Crestron, which is, you know, the commercial, hmm. commercial lighting, residential was all, was all under my purview. And I just remember going, you know, just walking through the R&D labs and walking through the warehouses and just being like awestruck at what amazing innovation is going on and being able to talk to smart people, engineers and everything. Like, like the thing at like Sony and Sharp, I never had access to to the people because they're Japanese companies and didn't go to Japan. Yeah. And for Crestron, everything is happening in Rockley. It's all happening eight miles from my house. And to be able to kind of go into these places, talk to the CTO, talk to the CEO, talk to the head of engineering, talk to all of these people and just understand where things are going it was awesome. Like it was, it was some of the, like the best experiences I ever had just learning about where technology can go. Mm -hmm. uh, now, what, what brought you to Epifan then? It, it was, it was so, 
it was crash on taffy found am i correct yeah yes 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 uh so what's what's so interesting about epifan is um so if you're kind of looking at my career trajectory i worked at sony i worked at sharp i worked at crestron so kind of like bigger to smaller is kind of is kind of the trajectory for me and um what i've always wanted to do was i've always wanted to go somewhere where i can have a real immediate impact um and be able to kind of take these skills that i've developed you know in marketing and communications and be able to kind of like like hit the ground running somewhere in especially like almost in kind of because it feels at times like a startup type of environment it's not a startup because we've been around for 18 years but like it's got that energy and innovation and problem solving and that i would say that hunger that you kind like you kind of miss that after a while so like being at crestron we hit a point where it's like yeah we're you know we're the number one in av you're you know like do we have to work as hard i don't know but like like and i'm saying that in terms of like the marketing efforts and because people were buying and so for me i see i see a lot in the vision of epifan um especially in terms of video and what's kind of cool is is it takes my career like full circle because you know we're going to nab in uh less than a month yeah. and for those in the av industry that don't know nab national association of broadcasters and that's the first trade show i ever went to at sony and that was our big show that was our super bowl every year I hadn't been to an NAB in over a decade. And for me to be on this edge of AV broadcast, these areas that I've spent so much time in, and I've like, I have love for, and to kind of work with a company that is doing great stuff. But I think you've hit something there. I, I'm yeah. sorry for interrupting, Ron, but yeah. like you're hitting something there because. We have done in our university a digital maker space. Mm -hmm. And I think at the beginning it was okay, well, we want the end user and to come in and press the buttons and they're gonna do their own recording. And yeah, yeah that's that sort of is the epifan route and approach with so but then as things the ball started rolling, they wanted to do podcasting, they wanted yeah. to do and as it it grew with this digital makerspace yes it's the same size four walls but then we really it the image and the project scale changed that we yeah. went no this is going to need a, a small tech team behind it to support us um but it got to the stage of realizing we're doing a mini broadcast here guys you know we you have the ability to have a lecture with a guest in there or if they're doing audio you know three people sitting around three different microphones that of course it's going to need a sound engineer to 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 do things or of course it's going to need a video operator and you need a mini video uh mixing desk or using the epifan with it but with higher ed 
we are doing many broadcasts, you know, and, you know, I, I think it's, again, it goes back to what we were talking earlier on about, you know, like sometimes when you're putting it together, these online courses or even hybrid courses, you know, you or even, even doing conferences in higher ed, you're doing a mini broadcast, you're doing live events and you're doing hybrid events. So let's talk about that because yeah, I think, yeah. I think there's some, I think there's something, you know, it's almost like you set me up for it. Uh, so here's the thing that I think about a lot. And, um, you know, in my time at Crestron, I, I got to kind of be in the room during some like really interesting conversations. And there was an, there was a piece that we did years ago, um, with our CEO and Intel, um, we did it for AV technology, I believe. And it was talking about building a new industry that Crestron is building a new industry because at that point, you know, when we're talking about when I came on board 2016, AV is AV. Yeah. IT is IT. Oh, it's, we're going there. We're going there. Yeah. But, but what we, but we saw over uh you know over the years is this is av and it becoming one and it required it's not one it's not one av uh, are you telling me av and it is one a lot of listen a yeah. lot of the people that manage the spaces are responsible for both well, so this is it and especially in higher ed yeah i, I, I but, I'll agree but like you know i i'll admit that like I'm I'm known as a senior tech officer in higher ed. I wouldn't know all about networking, but hey, and I'll tap into the networking team and the IT team. Mm -hmm. But you know, my background is audio and visual. You know, yeah. and likewise, they wouldn't know as much about projectors or cameras and so mm -hmm. forth. But it's that mix. We need to be able to to talk to one another. Well, that's on. that's the thing. You know, listen. At the end of the day. You know the the layman say, "Hey, technology people or technology people, why don't know as, everything?" Yeah, and as the end user, the stakeholder, and the teacher, they just see the word tech. You know, yes. just fix my printer. Just you know, change 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 the cartridge there in that photocopier. It's like, well, that's not really my job. But I, hey, hey, you know, or you know, to to the live events and the recording. Yeah, but, uh, but the thing is, is that, you know, from your, you know, from the way we talked about it, I'm, I'm sure I, I, I hit a nerve with the AVIT thing, but it's true. Everybody that it, they are, it, it is a uniform type of thing now where they kind of go hand in hand. The spaces are different. Yeah, It's not just AV anymore. You've got unified communications in the room and everything. You've got Microsoft Teams and Zoom in the room and everything. You've had to expand your skill set. Mm -hmm. And so what we're so where I'm really excited about is I feel like, you know, in my mind, I'm like, okay, we've gotten AV and IT to kind of be harmonious. The broadcast side almost feels like that third pillar or the third piece of whatever, you know, using some analogies with triangles, but it's that third piece that I think is, I think is emerging to the point where everybody really needs to start thinking about it in room design. 
and capabilities because you've got all this great technology. And so we're, you know, we've got, I'm not shilling for product, but I think it's worth talking about. So Do please, got, let's talk about some new things that are coming out. Yeah, but you know, I listen, I I'm, I'm nobody wants to be sold to, but I, I think what's cool here is so we have um we have a technology called Epifan Connect. Mm-hmm. And so this is software. If you have seen any of the higher ed AV episodes mm-hmm. from Infocom IC. or ISC, you've watched it through Epifan Connect. So or actually the production of it through Epifan Connect. So what we're utilizing is we're utilizing Microsoft Teams. So kind of what we're doing right now, obviously we're on Zoom and we are creating broadcast, real broadcast by extracting the signal and extracting it at a high at, at high resolution and everything so that now you can create more polished versions of everything right now we're sitting there's one box there there's one box there there's no titles on this screen there's no there you know i mean listen i love the show but the production quality is what is what we're doing right now Absolutely. We're, and, right and you know and the more that we could do while doing this live and not having to do it in post-production yeah. for me it makes things a hell of a lot easier Sure. But I, I'll, I'll go down the route of going, okay, you, Epifan has gone down the rabbit hole and gone and done a partnership with Teams. Yep. And, uh, do we have an exclusive here, Ron? Will the same happen with Zoom? Is, is Epifan going to go into bed with Zoom? Um, I cannot comment on anything, but I will say that... Um, no, don't don't nod your head like you like you got something out of me. Listen, the in technology, you you never say never because what how that's what, if, I, if, if I said <laughs> if I said to you no, it's not happening. That's I'm smart enough to know not to say anything that that means anything one way or another. I'll so, sign my NDA agreement later on. Ron. <laughs> exactly. Well, you might have to cut things out then. No, uh, listen, I'd say I'd say. You know, the good companies never cut off opportunity to expand capabilities, right? So the thing is, is that not saying yes or no, but, you know, you'd have to think about it at some point. So, but to me, what what's most important is, is that we've all made investments in the tools, right? So like, that's the thing is, is that you've made an investment in teams mm-hmm. if you're you know or you know you've made an investment in zoom let's say hypothetically right like yeah we're, we're, we're uh, zoom campus as, yeah, as okay. is, as so, so we're, we're, we're throwing it all the... out there yeah. you've made an investment your rooms are built with all of this technology you've got the licenses and everything and then the question is what more can you do with it mm-hmm. and for some people they're like yeah zoom you know zoom i sit here and i you know i can meet with somebody there's a chat functionality it's great and you're just like well what if you could do way more with it same thing with teams it's the backbone of your entire enterprise communication system but it, it, it's, it's huge ron if you're t- if if you go down that route and you start putting in epifan units into each one of your classrooms mm-hmm. um linking up classrooms great okay there's an alternative to 
to competitors that uh, might might need video over IP. We don't need to to name any of them. There's many of them in the industry. Yeah. Um, to here's Epifan, and then you go and here's one step further. We can make this a broadcast quality. Yeah. You know, you mentioned earlier, final thirds on the bottom of it, introducing yeah. the lecturers and everything. And we can do that live. Or what's even better is that the technician doesn't have to sit in the room. You can actually yeah. go and do it. You do everything you do everything remotely. When we do the productions at the shows, we've got a remote producer in Ottawa. So like we're, you know, we were in Barcelona in, you know, and then across the pond in a different country. That's not the United a great podcast as well. Across the pond. I just like to. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I... no, no pun intended. No pun intended at all. Um, but, but truly like, I think that's, I think that's the cool thing about video and, you know, you're, you're in Dublin, right? Yeah, that's right. I'm in park ridge new jersey and we are having a live conversation like i think this is one of those things where like you stop and sit and think about it every once in a while because you know my kids are growing up with technology i'm the generation that didn't have the internet and then had it at you know in high school and likewise you know like i remember doing internet radio as early as 2005 yeah and back then you know you were lucky if you were doing 720p video and yeah. it was literally bringing that video down and going, how am I going to use this on a website to do information? You know, like you'd be lucky if you're streaming audio and that's what yeah. we were doing with the internet radio. But like, if we had a bit of video as well to go with it, even better, but to what all these user collaboration softwares do now, like back then it was, if we had we were lucky if we had skype but we couldn't ever dream about what we're doing now where we have sat for the past 40 minutes talking about tech yeah and but like that's the thing and i think it, i think for a lot of us um because we move so fast right like mm -hmm. we're waiting for the newest thing we're waiting for the thing that solves our newest problem and everything sometimes i just love to just like reminisce and honestly you know, you asked me the questions about, you know, different phases of my career and everything is kind of like the only time I get to sit and like, think and reminisce and think of like, what was it like introducing the first 4k product in the United States commercially? And then you sit here and you're like, when did like, at what point did I just say like teams and zoom are going to be how I talk to people remotely? Like there was that one time I saw it for the first time and I'm like, wow, this is amazing. And I'm, you know, from, you know, from working in technology and marketing, I'm always trying to recapture that feeling. And I'm well, always- even, even the state, Ron, where we go, like the fact that there is now uh, puns that and, and jokes going, there was another Zoom meeting that could have been an email because we yeah. just use it that much over other technologies like that. It's easier for us to click a button and talk like this than writing it down and doing an email. You know, you know, it's really funny is uh, so I I'm I'm someone who prefers text over phone calls. Yes, me too. I like if you <laughs> want to talk to me, text me. I 
or like a written word is how you reach me basically text me or slack we were doing that linkedin exactly linkedin i talked to i talked to people that i really should have their phone numbers but i just talked to them through linkedin messaging i talked through facebook messenger um but it's so funny because i don't like talking on the phone i just i it's not my favorite thing but what's so funny is is that i don't have a problem with a zoom meeting or a teams meeting like it's replaced it's weird hearing someone's voice and not looking at them or seeing them and seeing their body language and their reactions yes. and everything. And so, you know, what does this have to do with higher education? No idea. But to me, I, I think this is I think this is the the fun evolution of where technology is going. That video has superseded everything that these video experiences and so now we've introduced all these video experiences we've laid it on everyone at the same time my 74 year old mom understands what zoom is and facetime and on like you know she has troubles with the remote control but like this thing she knows that if i press this button i can see you and i can talk to you and everything and so that went from being deeply complicated to being simple so to me, the evolution of where video is going is that we're going to be able to do more. We're going to be able to create more. We're going to be able to create it with spending less money and less time. It'll be simple. It'll be intuitive. And we'll be able to create awesome stuff. And not for nothing, we're going to go back and three years and look at this podcast and say, man, this was primitive, crazy. two boxes, no names, yeah. black yeah. screens. Yeah, well, the, yeah. And, uh, you know, it's like I, I interviewed Jane Ross over at ISE and it's like, it's like thinking of that, of what can the likes of Zoom and user collaboration softwares. And then she's like, but we've gone further than just the whole idea of going, this is a, or a better word, a video conference call. Yeah. It's it's a lot more in between, you know, and then the nice thing about Zoom, like I'm I'm a big Zoom fanatic, is the fact that they have listened to the end user. It's like, you know, they haven't forgotten about, you know, the business to business model, but they've also gone and looked at higher education. That's yeah. like how can we bring in, you know, the whole idea of breakout rooms, which could be used not just for higher ed, but it can be used for business if they want to use breakout rooms. But they've looked at it and went, we're going to add these extra things and constantly listening. And it, it goes back to what we were talking about earlier on, that a good company is one that constantly listen. Yeah. You've you've done you've done amazing things with Epifan and there's there's like what's really nice looking at your products is you have the small mini range you even have the capture cards that just yeah. like go HMI, USB, stream to, you know, there's a small Epifan Mini to quite larger ranges. And now the the whole idea of doing that type of broadcast production um, from anywhere in the world, as you mentioned, like doing ISE and capturing the material. And, you know, Sometimes Epifan, people might think of Epifan as like, oh, it's a, it's a captured device, but it's, yeah. it's a lot more than that. And how, like I say, that was a challenge for you, Ron, to to get people to realize that no, it's not not just a a, a camera recording device. Yeah. It's 
also streaming, it's also broadcast. How did you break that image? So I, I'm I would say I'm still trying to break the image. So we're not we're not there yet. Um so you know it's and I mentioned it earlier, and I want to kind of go back to this webinar thing. Uh actually we're calling it a symposium because webinars, you know, webinars are trying to sell people on stuff. It's a yes. presentation on, hey, here's uh five things you can do with our our product. To me, the way I've always I've I've looked at the people in higher education, I've always liked to tell stories about innovation and what the end user is doing. So basically I they're the hero of the story. And it's what I used to do at Crestron is I want you to watch a piece on a university, a company, a brand that you are familiar with. And I want you to have more love for that brand. If you learn about what the technology is that goes in there and that it's Crestron or Epifan, even better. But I want you to I want you to look at these people like they're heroes. I want you to look at people like they're enabling the future of everything. Um, so with this symposium that we're doing, we've got four schools, four experts that are doing very diverse things. And listen, obviously they're utilizing the, the Pearl hardware to do it. Uh, but they're also using other hardware. They're using other companies, AV companies and display manufacturers and microphone company. Like it, it is a, it is a universe of technology. You know, it is all these ingredients that make this these wonderful spaces. And so for me, I'm never, you know, I'm not looking to own the room. I'm looking to be part of your vision of how you move video forward. So whether you're middle Tennessee and you're doing classroom capture, you know, with the Pearl and having a capture card hooked into it to give your students the best quality possible because they are your customers. And, you know, how many times does a student sit there you know, one thing in our conversation, I'm not taking notes on anything. We're talking to each other. Could you imagine you start asking me things or teaching me things and I'm sitting here and I'm taking notes? I miss half of what you say. Mm -hmm. We can't have an engaging conversation, a back and forth. And if I'm sitting here trying to get everything and take every note, I may miss a bunch of things. And guess what? I got to talk to you after class. And so instead of doing that, why not keep that active learning aspect, which is the between, you know, the back and forth, raising your hand, focusing on the conversation, having everything captured in the background so you can review it afterwards and see how you got to that point, but also be able to answer your questions. So to me, that's that's a big part of how I like to talk about it. So you've got Joe's space where you can do podcasting, TikTok, esports, all of these kind of, you know, for, you know, any, uh, you know, older person feel like an alternative career, right? Like you go to school to learn, you know, business or science or medicine or like these, but you know what, there's people that are insanely successful in these particular areas and to discount them as kind of like for kids is 
kind of ridiculous. So you've got Joe moving video forward in those spaces and and also on campus as well. You've got uh, Scott Labounty, who's at University of Oregon, utilizing it for athletics. They're utilizing the, the Pearl devices to capture tennis matches. They've got a tennis center and they're streaming it on the the network. I believe it's the Pac-12 network, which is the big college station. Yes, they're yes. streaming it to it. They're it, they're creating an actual television broadcast at the university level. And you know, and then you've got BC, our friend BC at Vanderbilt. He's doing one touch studios where a professor can go in and create video lectures content for remote students or as supplements and so you see it you see all this great work being done video on campus and how they're moving everything forward it's just awesome so like you ask me how do i spread the message of it and this is how i do it what are people doing with video and tell everybody about it so it's not Listen, you could do it with any type of technology. Hopefully you utilize our technology because it's simpler, less expensive, and more intuitive. But the thing is, is that they're doing great stuff. They're doing great stuff. They're moving experiences forward for their students, for their faculty and everything. I'm really excited about this. And I feel like that level, when you can talk to uh, technology professionals in education, and you speak on that level, but then you also ask them, hey, what are you looking to do? Where are the difficulties you have? And you become that person that is understanding and you provide that feedback to engineering and R&D and you work towards solutions that that work, that make yeah. their lives easier. That's the fun part for me. That's I like, I like that puzzle solving. And I think it's, it's what we touched on earlier. Like hopefully, you know, with the technology crashes that we're seeing that the R&D is still as vital as it was, yeah. uh, you know, because I think that's the, the flight or fight or the survival in this technology problems that we're having with tech companies losing a lot of staff. If you lose the R&D staff, oh, yeah. you know, the product stays still. If the product stays still and nothing's getting developed, you're going to be left behind because that is tech. Um, oh, yeah. With that in mind, is there any and things that you say you can even say be excited for Infocom because well you're talking about NAB is coming up is there anything going to be inv- uh, unveiled at NABs or is there anything going to be held off to, to Infocom? It can be as simple as a yes or no. <laughs> so so I you know what yes we are announcing something at NAB, mm-hmm. not telling you what it is. That's why that's why I put out the press releases. So uh, yes, I'm I'm currently working on a press release for a really exciting announcement. Um, I know, listen, innovation, I think is, you know, it's the lifeblood of 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 this industry, right? Like, like nobody, no engineer wants to go to work every day and do the same thing that they've always done. They want to create something new. They want to build something that solves a need. And yeah, you know, the companies that are kind of like, like, yeah, we we did everything. No company will ever say that. Um, obviously, you can cut staff and everything, and it becomes harder to innovate. But 
you know, all of these companies in our great industry are looking to move things forward, do things that couldn't be done before. Um, for us, we're in the same boat. We're looking to to make some really awesome announcements and make you know the lives of everyone in, in higher education easier and you know give you the ability to do more you know more than you've ever been able to do before without it being taxing on you i think that's I'm gonna, the big... i'm going to go back to the epifan connect is is it a license based system is it uh, is it a cost per license uh, it's cloud-based. Um, so it, there is, uh, there's license and, uh, and there's, uh, time increments for okay. it. So it's, you know, it, you can utilize it as much or as little as you want, but it's the, the production element. Um, it, you know, it, 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 it's, it's that way. Okay. Now I'm going to, because we're tight on time, we're going to talk about some quick fire questions. Your favorite, okay. your favorite trade show. Uh, my favorite trade show is it's now ISC. It used to be Infocom. All right. So, well, we we also talked about NABs earlier on. So it's ISC now. Um, if if when you go to Infocom's Vegas or Florida, Vegas. Yes. I, so I'm hearing that I, I, Joe and, and, and Co. I, I hope to be over at ISC in Vegas. We I was I was said come over to Infocom this year. It's like. I'm away that many times this year that I think I'll get divorced by my wife if, <laughs> if I'm away any, any more this summer. Make sure to follow us on Twitter. All Things Techie Podcast. If people want to get in contact with you, Ron, and find out more about Epifan, um, what's the best way of getting in contact? I mean, I think those are two separate things, right? So I think if people are looking to get in contact with me, um, LinkedIn is a, probably a really good spot. So literally just type in Ron Epstein and Epifan or Crestron or Sony or whatever it is, you'll find me. Um, but also uh, in the higher ed space, I'm actually going to be doing a little traveling in the next couple of weeks. I'm going to be at MCUAV next week. Uh Two weeks after that, I'll be at NW Met, uh, and then obviously planning on ETC uh, later this year at USC. And uh, you know, listen, you know, I'm well, I'm I, got I, my fingers crossed that you know we can do a in person Hetma event. I'll also be at the um, I'll also be doing some work with Hetma at Infocom. And uh, and also be attending those higher AV awards. Uh, separately, if you want to learn more about Epifan, epifan.com, E-P-I-P-H-A-N.com. Um, look us up and uh, and find me on LinkedIn and let's talk. I do have a final question. I've, I, oh. I, thought, I thought we asked this earlier. Your favorite case study with Epifan? Like I, I've, I've been looking at some of the, the amazing things that Epifan have done. One about one of my favorites because I used to be a heavily involved scout leader. I did an internet radio on scouting, and uh, you would you one of a, a couple of your team took an Epifan pearl up the yeah. mountains. Yep, that looked cool. I just put a like, getting your little satellite Wi-Fi going in your in the back of your box. That that looked like fun, but what what 
for you, what has been your favorite case study to, to come across? You still, um, you know, I, it's funny. You always remember your first. So my first case study that I did with Epifan was North Carolina state NC state. Um, because there is always like, listen, I'm not a technology person. I can't hook things up, but what always does it for me is when I go on location and I ask questions and I learn and I see, it really starts putting together uh, the whole puzzle in my mind. And so uh, NC State uh, was the first video that I did. And that was probably like maybe two or three months into my time at Epifan. And after that video, you know, on location shoot, I got it. I understood it. And it all made perfect sense to me. So to me, you know, you always remember your first video. Listen, my first video at Crestron was the University of uh, Central Florida with, with Donnie. You know, that was the first time that I ever, uh, you know, that I that I ever really understood how they were using the technology. And then it it paved the way for all the other work. So yeah, the... Uh, I. Simple put, NC State, first case study, gave me really great perspective. And also, it's higher education, right? Yeah, well, but I am looking forward to hearing about, uh, you know what, I'm going to, like, off mic, we're going to talk about NDA agreements and find out about what's happening with everybody. But for you listeners, sorry, we can't tell you any more, apart from, stay tuned, that, that, that NAB is going to be a big announcement, according to Ron. Yes, for sure. <laughs> Ron, really appreciate you coming on All Things Techie. I know we've we've gone over the time, but we've had so much fun talking about tech here. Man, we just we spent our we know we spent a big chunk of St. Patrick's Day together. It's funny because I, I have this in the background. I was uh, I'm, I'm saving it for uh, for when we're done. So uh, nice. You know, I don't know. I don't know if you've started or not. But, I, uh, I haven't started yet. No, like it's going to be a long weekend. You know, I, I have to admit to listeners, I'm not really a Guinness drinker. Yeah, some people love it. Some people hate it. I'm not a massive fan. I like my Irish craft beers, as, as I was telling you over at ISE. So uh, mm -hmm. we have to get you over to Ireland. That's, that's the next thing. I mean, I, I mean, what are we waiting for? Yeah, what are we waiting for? On that <laughs> note. Ron and I are going to go have a drink. Uh, yes. You can you can you can talk to Ron on LinkedIn and also check out fpan.com. That has been the All Things Techie Podcast, episode seventy-two. Make sure to follow us on Twitter. All Things Techie Podcast. My thanks to Ron Epstein for joining us on episode 72 of the All Things Techie podcast. We have some great shows coming up and some under the spotlights coming up with uh, Biam and more. <laughs> All I can say, and more. Stay tuned. Some great unveilings coming up in the next week or two on the All Things Techie podcast. Don't forget to comment, like, subscribe and share. Remember, the views are not are my personal views and not the views of our employers. For more information on our terms and conditions, visit our website, www.allthingstech.ie. See you soon.
Thank you for tuning in to All Things Techie Podcast, part of the Extreme Media Network. Follow us on Twitter at AV Tech Junkies. Subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. You can also watch our show on YouTube by visiting youtube.com forward slash at Justin underscore or underscore Dawson. Previous episodes of our show can be found on our official site, www.allthingstech.ie. For advertising and sponsorship opportunities, please visit www.extrememedia.ie.